This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, day traders going short, hairdressers to the world of football and garbos on the recycle run. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Much, Submariner First Class Cedric H. Ben Stump. AO, torching the blindside blue paper for another week. And uh, yes, that's the sound of the Sumpster. Sound of the Sumpster, all right. Camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth here at ABC Grandstand HQ. Australia! Down the tool, pull them up, and welcome to the bludge. H.G. Nelson opening the dig for another set of seven, and what a week. What an incredible week. What an incredible week. A week when too much body's barely enough. Now straight to the greatest game of all. Round six was shot out of a cannon exploding across the nation last weekend like 45 tonnes of Semtex. Excitement, unbelievable excitement everywhere. Unprecedented excitement. So many big issues emerged as we gathered for shelter under the mushroom-shaped cloud. Now the big story of the week is the Panthers Police Force... Uh, This is a story we broke some months ago that the Panthers team uh, had seconded a couple of members of the uh, Parramatta team and were patrolling the the, the west of Sydney, the west of Sydney and keeping the peace in the west of Sydney. They've been awarded the 2023 New South Wales Police Medal in a glittering star-studded morning tea packed with top brass midweek. We'll be covering that later in the show. Uh, the Bludge salutes the boys in blue at the foot of the mountains and looks at their clean-up rate in a special tribute, blindside tribute, Crime to Time, later in the show. They put so many behind bars, it's just wonderful achievement. I mean, these are people who don't have to be policed in their spare time. They're rugby league players. After all, they got plenty to do. They're training, tackle bags, all that sort of stuff. But they take time out from their hectic schedule to patrol the streets at night, often staying up all night. Thursday night... And League Magic was there when the Rabbits and Finns clashed a a close game until Kenny Bromwich put a big hit on Milne, the Rabbito winger, I think, or fullback. And as Roy pointed out in the stance, you know, it was just a timing issue. There was absolutely nothing wrong with it. It was a timing issue and it could happen to anybody. It could happen to Aaron Woods. It could happen to, uh, you know, the underpants Stones, the uh, plucky fullback at Tiger Town. Could happen to anyone. But 10 in the bin for the bashing bee and the rabbits ran in three tries while uh, a Bromwich was in the bin. They're no strangers to the bin, the Bromwich brothers. But uh, this time uh, the rabbits managed to run in three tries while in there. Game over. Uh, the war ball at the end, rabbits 36, Dolphs 14. And could that be a turning point in the career of uh, Wayne Bennett and the Dolphin in the community? I hope not. I think they're a bigger fish to fry if you're a Dolphin. Now, it was a big week in Bunnyland. The pride of the league, the Coachwood Myrtle, said farewell to Redfern Oval and moved out to their centre of excellence. And look, I, I've got to be honest here, I'm getting confused about these centre of excellences. If they're just called centres of excellence, we appear to have about 40 of them and they're all blurring together in my mind where they are and where they're located. But they're off to a centre of excellence. So many greats were there. To farewell the glory, glory, I'm a rabbit crowd from uh, Redfern. It's a beautiful overlay if you haven't been to it. It's in a park. 
uh, obviously uh, with a great view of the city and palm trees and so on. It's just a lovely venue. Father of the Year, Sam Burgess was there in tears. Uh, Tugger Coleman was on the blub test match. Mario Fennick, he, he was rubble. Uh, Tom Burgess was crying. Georgie Piggins was uh, the waterworks. John Sutton was splashing the boots. Luke Cleary had, you know, dribble all down, down the front of his old jumper. Adam Reynolds had flown in from the Bronx. He was in tears. The far side of the hill, Terry Hill, I've forgotten all about him, but he was there on the blub and just splashing the boots and turning on the waterworks. And every time somebody said something about the rabbits and glory and the props, clothes props and the etc. cetera. Uh, Julian O'Neill was the surprise arrival. Des La Les Davidson or Des Lavidson, if you like. Uh, Les, of course, was the person who said all forwards are pillows, except South's forwards, and Roycey Simmons, who's a pillow with feet. Old man Fletch was there. It was a great roll call to say sayonara to the, uh, what I've described elsewhere as the grand old girl of rugby league. Now, league story of the week, the salary cap bombshell. Uh, players apparently are rorting the system. That can't be right. Rugby league players, uh, in, you know, I've made a note here. Rugby league players do not cheat fact. Now, if somebody's going to drop a few off a few extra chickens and uh, maybe a fish tank and some tyres for the car, that, I don't think that's salary cap rorting. I, th I think that's just favours from fans. I mean, we get them here all the time. I think we got an, a, a very small Easter egg this week from fans who just love the work and hope we can keep on going. You know, it's that the equivalent of that. While on the paddock, the Tigers so close and yet so far, it was almost another Easter Monday miracle. Remember last year how the, uh, the Tigers... Might have been the only match they won in the year. Beat the uh, Eels uh, on Easter Monday. It was a miracle. But uh, sadly, last Monday wasn't to be repeated the miracle. I mean, obviously, people celebrated the miracle again, as they always do, but not this time. Uh, the 10 o'clock number out there in Tigertown was Tigers 22, Para 28. Meanwhile, after the two-point loss at Seabus, has the hook. Uh, the Dragons Witches Hat Supremo had it. It was an old-fashioned... Uh, Kieran Foran powered Titans special. I described it elsewhere as an Easter egg off miracle. And in whispers reaching me, this is a surprise. Is Des, as in the chemistry teacher, uh, the chemistry teacher Mad Desi Hasler, about to be shoehorned into the top job at Cogra? League fans would love to see Des attack a door on a car or in a change room again. I know that for a fact. No one does a door like Des. And uh, look, if he could drive a, say, <clears throat> you know, a Kia. First, his first back day at Cogra, drives a Kia on, <laughs> rips the door off a car. I mean, I think that'd make the nine news. I'm pretty sure Danny Wheedler would be there to cover it. It'd be great. But late mail, guess who's stepping out of the woodwork to have a go? Whisper-wise, none other than Nathan Brown. And before Nathan Brown gets a crack at the car door, there's, of course, the, the big bolter tip that Josh Hannay is ready to take over and step up to the top job. Oh, so many choices. They're paralysed by choice. That's why they can't make a decision at uh, Cogra. Call me Gagai. But this week, former top referee Mick Stone suggested that Bill Harrigan was the best league referee ever. That's a big call. I mean, we've been blessed with so many great referees. Who can forget Barry Gomersall? You have to have a fair memory to read. Well, most people have forgotten Barry Gomersall, including Barry Gomersall. But, uh, you know, he was great in his day. He had a curious understanding of the rules. And they had Mogching Jadwat. Uh, you had uh, Archer, Tony Archer was great, he could blow. Uh, in fact, I think he's got a school of blowing at the moment uh, where you can go and learn, learn how to blow a whistle the referee way. It's great. So many great referees. But a um, big call from uh, Mick Stone. And that's our talkback topic of the week. Was Bill the best? Yes or no? Dial up and drop the word and move on. In fallout from the Stone rap, 
It's now whispered that Bill will step into the role as the prof of the forward pass of the Big Bluey, the Centre of Canine Refereeing Excellence. So that's a great get for the Canine Refereeing Centre of Excellence uh, to get uh, somebody who knows the forward pass in charge of the dogs. Elsewhere, New South Wales coach and brains behind hogs for the homeless. What's happened to them? Hope they're revving up the Harleys for another go round. We're talking about Freddie Fittler. He's worried about SOO's selection. His thinking is with so many teams in Sydney approaching the Fowlerware S-Bend, Freddie, like the bludge, is worried about who will actually run on in blue in the three-verse ode in origin in 2023. So many questions, at least we have the rest of the season to find some answers. Elsewhere, the AFL round is gather round and it's going off in Adelaide. Remember Adelaide's changed? Uh, I think they rebuilt the Adelaide Oval. It's called an incredible change in the atmosphere, the vibe, the excitement of people going to watch football matches. I don't know why this is the case, but people assure me that's the case. Big winners so far, the Adelaide Crows, Frio and Swans. And um, the jury's out about whether it's going back to Adelaide again. People in Adelaide seem to think it's going to be there for the next 30 years. Uh, Now, the gather-round genius, that is the murderer, Step from the grotesque shadows of Guja Street, grinning and wiping a vibrant ooze from the bloodstained putty knife on an Essendon jumper to claim that even though it had never been completed, the gather round, that is the AFL gather round, is way better than that shitbox affair in a biscuit tin full of kitty litter rigging of cat's piss that is magic round in the rugby league. Those are his words, not mine. It's a big call, a very big call, given that no one knows how this is going to end and whether it's interesting at all or not. Incidentally, I have no idea where everyone is staying in Adelaide. Uh, accommodation in Adelaide is pretty tight, generally speaking. And you get a, if you have an Airbnb, you're probably doing pretty well and not doing much else in terms of income. But thousands of footy lovers are in desperate need of accommodation. I understand that churches have thrown open their doors and that everyone who's stuck for a bed bunged down in the pews. Others have found billets and erected tents in backyards. And mercifully, the army is... That's the Army Catering Corps. The Army hasn't been called out to hold the peace. No, 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 no. The Catering Corps has set up mobile kitchens at all grounds and providing a hearty breakfast. Incidentally, just how are totally one-eyed Port and Crows people going to deal with seeing Bomber and Swans fans clogging up the place and taking their spots in footy matches? I don't know how that's going to work out. And as I said, remember, Adelaide has changed. I just hope there's no sharp knives lurking within arm's length of the murderer. The World Game and the Matildas clean up the Lionesses, putting a stop to their 30-game streak. The sweet melody to block. Bells Beach and an All-Australian affair in both finals last weekend, or maybe earlier this week. Tyler Wright scored in the women's final, winning back-to-back titles. And Ethan Ewing, get this, won the men's 40 years after his mum, Helen, scored in the women's comp. Whee! But to get the blind side away from the wharf for another week, it's time to ask a man who is the voice of hope to step up for a spray. This week, the voice of hope in these dark and stormy times is once again fully focused on the cost of living crisis. Now, a punnet of blueberries. Look, you're going to have to forget it for a while. I mean, a punnet of blueberries this week seems to cost you somewhere between 8 and $10. Eight and ten dollars for a punnet of blueberries. I mean, it's just impossible. I mean, I don't know how people are able to buy a footy jumper and get to the ground and buy a pie and a bucket of chips and a couple of beers and afford blueberries. They can't. They can't. It's impossible. The Voice of Hope, incidentally, belongs to the activated one, rampaging Roy Slavin. Roy, happy rugby league! Happy gather round! Can we get the bludging bunny in motion once again by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? Fully excited, Ed! Yes, uh, thank you very, very much, uh, H.G. Nelson, and happy rugby league, H.G., of, of course, to you and your uh, 
and your family. Mm-hmm. And uh, happy rugby league to uh, to quiet, sincere, salt of the earth would give you the shirt off their backs, decent, fair-minded Aussies who imagine a rugby league soaring on the viewless wings of Posey. Whee! And uh, beautiful. They're not alone. No. It's a gathering crowd of rugby league dreamers. Dreamers. Do we have room for dreamers in our world anymore? That's the question being asked by many. Now, Simply Limelight wins the Golden Egg. That's the richest dog race in the world. And, uh, God almighty, it doesn't seem all that long ago where HG and myself were there to watch. It might have been Ultrasense, I think, the first winner of the Golden Egg. It was a magic night. It was. And uh, it always is a magic night. And it's good to see focus of many Australians or Aussies, genuine decent Aussies, focus on dog racing. Uh, I mean, dog racing, it's hard for, you know, the dogs to pull the eye. But the golden egg does it. Well, he said it's it's, it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant promotion, concept. Promotion. Yeah, great Saturday concept. night. Oh, yes. everybody and knows. And when, when you go along, you realise how family friendly dog the dog is. world is. No, no, it's incredible, isn't it? It's just families getting yeah. together with their dogs, yeah. bringing their dogs along with hope in their hearts, oh, yeah. and sometimes with a golden egg. They get a fortune. Oh, no, an absolute fortune. An absolute fortune, and no one could have been prouder and happier for the connections to. Or the family of uh, behind s- simply limelight. It was a great win, a great result, great pu- win, and a great, great dog. punting result. Great dog, personality dog, a real personality. Do you dog. think yes. Hain doesn't have big tickets on itself? No, it just gets out and runs, just follows the bunny. That's what it does. No, nothing complicated about simply limelight. Nothing at all. Just a quick dog. Mm-hmm. Did you see Haim doing an interview with the dog? I did. Mm. Take us through it. Mm. And he did. Very good. Um, Ryan Tarrant and uh, Bella Pasquale win the Storwell gift. And could I just comment on the beautiful call made by uh, Bruce on Channel 7 uh, covering the Storwell gift? Uh we made the mistake last year of suggesting that there was no coverage of the gift when there was. Mm. We apologised. We, apologi- we did. We were open we, about it. We did. We didn't we, try we, and hide. We didn't quite hide about it. Yeah, no. We didn't try to pre- No, no, no. no. Some, you know, the press commented and we responded by saying, yes, we got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. We got it wrong. Yeah. And sometimes Aussies do that. Mm. Very Aussie trait. Yeah, so it is an Aussie trait. Yeah. Now, Aussies forgotten. are the first to put their hand up and say we got it wrong. Mm. That's true. We did. Anyway, beautiful, beautifully called by Bruce. And could I congratulate Haim as well on his post-race interviews with Ryan and Bella. That um, probing of and um, the, the, the relax. Take, take, the take us through it. Yeah, the take us through it. was yeah. just perfect. Mm. And they did. 20 you know, metres out. It was just one feel. step in front of the other. Yeah. You know, I didn't know I had a one until I went to the wire. Went to the wire. Did you think it was going to go to the wire? Take us through. Yeah, I thought it was going to go to the wire. Yeah, well, it did go to the wire. Well, I know it went to the wire. And uh, oh no, it's just great. It's feel good. Yeah, it feels great. You know, I mean, I just thought I might. I felt good this morning. Yeah, no, I did. And then uh, had lunch. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't have lunch till after the race. Obviously, I was. I was going to have lunch. Lunch a little later on with my family, who've brought the dog along as well. And it's great. Yeah, well, that's great. Beautiful. And, and it was Betty, a really, it was such a family affair. It was family affair, and the other thing was, it's a punting affair too for the I whole know. family. For those, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah it's and, great. And great punting. For those in the and know, and that double, 
The yes. egg and the storm and the gift. That's right. That's right. An Easter double. An Easter double. Miracle. Uh, Spaniard John Rahm wins the US Masters and uh, I thought very touchingly, and I enjoyed it very much, uh, dedicated his win to the great Seve Balestios, uh, who is now being regarded, Seve, as the father of Spanish golf. Well, that's a bit harsh on Jose Miralal. Yes, but I, I think Jose Miralal might have come a little bit after. I think he was uh, he was influenced by Seve as yeah, well. Yeah. I think Jose Miralal said he hadn't thought about golf until Seve came up to him one day and said, "Golf, hey kid, try this in Spanish." You know. Yeah, no, obviously in obviously, Spanish. Obviously, obviously, I don't speak Spanish, but I imagine that's how the conversation sort of went. And uh, Jose Miralal did. Pick Think up the golf. And, and it was very good. Oh, it's very good. Extremely good. Very good. And Spanish golf is in good hands, you'd have to say, with someone on, like John Rahm. And remember, of course, I think Seve pioneered the use of the hips in he golf. He did. Before he did. people didn't use I their know. hips at all. I know. And ironically, it was his hips that went in the end. I know. Too much exposure. Too much exposure. Oh, yeah, to golf. Yes. I mean, That's right. Being, That's right. Nothing smutty here. Uh, Novak Djokovic is beaten by dodgy line calls. And by an Italian called uh, number 21 in the world. I'd never heard of him before, but I like the look of him. This is Lorenzo Musetti. Lorenzo Musetti. He beat, uh, I think, uh, Djokovic had 29 wins on the trot. And he stopped the streak. And he stopped the streak. And uh, the the likeable Novak was uh, most upset about it, but in the end just said, oh, well, he played the bigger points better than I did, which is fair enough. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. But he was doubted with some poor line calls. They were shocking. Yeah. They were absolutely shocking because they don't have ele- electronics. Oh, so you're back to the it's back human to eye. Li- human eye. And hometown yeah. hero. That's it. That's it. Uh, now, uh, Daniel, Daniel Medvedev, oh, the Medvedev. Russian superstar, mm-hmm. continues to get crowds offside. And he's done the same uh, in Monte Carlo. And he's become known now as a tennis villain. And can I say that we haven't seen a tennis villain, a genuine villain, since, say, Ion Tyriak and Ilya Nastasi? That's going back That's a going long back way. a hell of a long time. Ilya was the, I think, the original villain. Yeah, but he, he um, played up to the image. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah. Oh, everyone loved to hate him. Yeah, that's he's right. Medvedev, just great. It's just hopeless of being a villain. Well, Medvedev, give him a chance. Give him I a chance. Agree. He yeah, might true. grow into the role. Yeah. He, he's certainly uh, making strides in that direction. In direction, yeah. Uh, I thought for a time there that Nick Kyrgios might become a villain, but he's a lovable rogue. Exactly. And there's a difference, isn't there? Uh, I mean, uh, Andre Agassi was a, a pirate. He was a lovable no, rogue. Terrific then. Act. He wasn't a villain. No, he's just a pirate. He, he was just a pirate. Yeah. Pirate yeah. and tennis. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Illy and uh, Eon, they were genuine but, bad guys. But don't you think that a, a little bit of pirate, pitaric, well, pitaric, whatever you call it, yeah. pirate wear mm. would help Medvedev? No, yeah. I don't think he's got the look for the, oh, okay, for the pirate look. I don't think okay, so. I mean, you could put a parrot on his shoulder and he'd still look still like, like a tennis player. Yeah, yeah. he would. Now, uh, the demon demolishes uh, Sir Andy Murray with suggestions that Sir Andy may well retire as a result of the beating he took from the demon demonar. And he's a dicky hip man as well. Yeah, he is a dicky hip man, yes. Uh, very much, very similar to the hip suffered by uh, Seve Bazeros. In a different coat. That's right. And the hip injury that uh, Rafael Nadal is experiencing at the moment. I mean, hip. People who who were involved in hips, doctors, medicos, mm-hmm. I mean, your time has come. Step up. The time has come to step up. Yeah, bring the scalpel. I, I, I'd like to think that Australian 
surgeons, Australian hip people, are the best in the world. Well, I, I, that's without doubt. Without that doubt. I, I mean, I we, are, we are the best knees. We're the yeah, best I, knee surgeons yeah. in the world. I mean... Merv Cross did Merv Cross, thank all you very much. Ago. Yes, that's right. That's right. And now hips. Hips. Um, now, uh, as you mentioned, the Matildas did shock England 2-0. And it has... Uh, help feed this uh, momentum of excitement that's building up to the Women's uh, World Cup. But I noticed that FIFA are disappointed in the uh, bids coming from the free-to-wear services. But I tell you what, a lot of, a, a lot of Aussies, a lot of uh, decent Aussies will be furious if uh, the World Cup is behind a paywall. They won't like it. No, they won't. They won't watch they won't it. Like, they won't watch it. They won't no. tune in. No, they won't. No, you can't expect them to. No. You can't expect them to at all. It's got to be free to wear. Now, but, I would have thought SBS would be the natural home. Ah. The natural home, having pioneered soccer for so long. I think they've had it before the Women's have, World Cup. I have. think I can remember seeing uh, the World Cup in Canada on SBS. Oh, yes. I hope that's right. That could be right. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that could be right. Uh, but I don't know if any, is there any, I haven't heard any noise coming out of SBS vis a vis the World Cup. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard any noise coming from Channel 10, 9, 7, don't know. See, I think it's on July 20th to August 20th. Yes. I think they're the dates. Yes, and that's a pretty footy-focused time, oh, isn't certainly. it? It's so it's a little bit hard for for the World Cup to... Uh, Unless they're playing in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, there should be some uh, talk, liaison between the World Cup organisers, the rugby league community and the AFL community. I mean, it's not that hard to sit people down and say, well, look, we've got three great things happening here. How do we best monopolise? And why not schedule it? You know, like, schedule it. Yeah, Thank it's you. It's a scheduling issue. Well, I mean, yeah, I know. Often, uh, you know, look, I don't want well, to knock Well, that. let's say the Women's World Cup takes place between 7 in the morning and, and say, midday. Well, that'll do. That, that, I, that's I was, perfect. I know. I was going to say Channel 10 have that great show, which I think... Uh, you oh, know, Studio 10. Studio 10. Studio 10 could run easily. You could get two matches inside Studio you 10. You would. You would. And, and the Studio 10 presenters could well cover the... I mean, they could comment on the soccer, I'm sure. They could. And I'll tell you one thing that would be great is the uh, Married at First Sight. Uh, people, yeah. or you know, the block. Let's say the block was on. Yeah. Imagine the suspension. Yes, they crucial time in the married at first sight or the block. Right, and they put the cross to the World Cup, Cup. Well, put the whole World Cup in there and yeah. leave you on tenor hooks for a month. Sure. I mean, there are lots of possibilities. Yeah, you just have to think about it. I mean, you yeah. might be able to roll MasterChef into it. I mean, MasterChef will be going at that time, I think. And an international flavour. early May. Is it an international flavour? I well, know. Yeah, uh, I do not read uh, that. Marco yeah. Pierre White has been here. Uh, I assume he's uh, appearing on the program. He'll give it an international flavour. He certainly will. He's English. (sighs) Now, South Australian Premier uh, Malinowskis is calling for the gather-round to which you referred, HG, Mm -hmm. to be held in South Australia in perpetuity. Yeah. In perpetuity. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know whether it has what? legs to go. Well, I was going to say, what do you mean after next year? It'll yeah. Just, yeah. They'll yeah. get it next year and that's it. Yeah. It's certainly novel though, isn't it? Well, it's it's novel. Every team in the same state for the same round. I mean, I can't does your head around. in, doesn't it? I know. I know. Does I your know. head completely in. Yeah. But, but as you say, uh, very difficult for fans to find somewhere to live. Mm, for that uh, I know a lot of people are living in their cars mm-hmm. and uh, that's fine, I suppose. I don't know. Wonderful week, of course, with the greatest game of all. Now, I noticed that uh, assistant Canterbury coach, Big Willie Mason, 
He's under investigation by the NRL Integrity Unit for working for the TAB. I saw that. Now, I, I can't see any problem here. What's the issue? Well, he's doing horses, surely, for the TAB. He'd be doing horses for the TAB. He wouldn't be... What could he tell them about rugby league? Rugby league? And what would it matter to What a would punter? it matter if he says, oh, the boys have been training well this week? Yeah. What would it matter? Yeah, you know, I could phone Willie anyway. Yeah. Anyone, any punter could phone Willie, get Willie on the blower. Is Willie about? Yeah. Put him on. G'day, mate. How can I help you? Listen, Blake, how, uh, Willie, how, how are the blokes training this no, week? I'll tell you what, they, first question would be, what did the Aaron Woods knock on pay? Yes. Because I had a bit on that. Did you? Yeah, he walked on and knocked yeah, and on. And then knocked on, yeah, yeah, within 30 seconds of being on there. <laughs> Typical. Fifth. Yeah. Oh, that's his fifth club, isn't it? It is. He's a journeyman. Mm. Officially a journeyman. There's we your multi. Yeah. Your multi. How many clubs did Aaron did play Aaron for up until last for, yeah. Monday? And will he knock on with his first touch? Yeah. How great. many clubs has he knocked on <laughs> in his first game? For, you know. Yeah, I know. All, all sorts there. of stats. I mean, will he know? Just talk to Willie Mason, just fun the Canterbury League. But he club. does terrific horsework. I mean, I think he got the. Willie? Uh, yeah, he's got. Oh, a, yes. You know, I always his follow his tips. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be crazy not to. I mean, if you want to get your mortgage fixed, if you want to get rid of your mortgage, yeah. just talk to Willie. I know. And that dog the other night, he was yeah. a very, very big spruik for that dog, the egg-winning dog. Oh, Simply Limelight. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Big, big Willie Mason, he's all over it. I know, I know. I didn't know he knew dogs that well. I know he knows them. He knows dogs. Uh, now, the Raiders make the same mistake with the Anzac Guernsey. They've got an American on their Guernsey. But, I mean, does it matter all that much? Does it really? I think uh, we... it gets the uh, West Tigers off the hook a little bit. It no, does. No, they're Same. not the only stupid club. There are yeah. two stupid clubs. Um, Can I say that I think we've moved on a lot from we the days when people focused on Anzac Day as a meaningful event in the community? Yes. Now, I mean, it, it now is... it's just an excuse for two up, isn't it? Well, quite. Yeah. And, uh, and a day off. And a day off. Well, people have the day off. Yeah. And you can work yeah. on the day off if you want to, apparently, now. Can you? I'm pretty sure Anzac Day, or is it Anzac Day one of the ones you can't? I don't know. Uh, as in, is it mandatory that you have a day off? Or are you allowed to say, oh, I'm going to work from home? No, oh, I think... I don't know. I, no, what I think is if you, say, had to work in a car yard, you'd yeah. be able to go and work in a car yard on mm. your day off if you just wanted to get the extra money. Yeah, right. Now, Billy Slater has knocked back an offer from the St George Leagues Club to be their coach. My understanding is that he insisted on seeing the Gould report and they refused to show him. They refused to show him. Now, there are a couple of names you mentioned. Uh, Brown and Hannay. Brown and Hannay. Could I suggest, if they're listening, and I suggest they might be, I would suggest to Brown and Hannay that if they want to take this job at St George, have a look at the Gould report. It's all there. You've just got to look at it. And it's... The revelations are breathtaking. A fascinating reading. Fascinating reading. Mm. Make of that what you will. The Sin Bin is rugby league news for rugby league people presented by ticketed rugby league players. Get injury updates, suspensions, all the scandals, the latest selection dramas, fights at training and a daily dose of fake news from the Sin Bin team headed up by the Spud and the Stains. Available daily on the Blindside platform. Now, this story which filled me with hope, you know, let's face it, there has been some problems in rugby league recently. You know, the hatred between Manly Seagulls and Storm and so on and the fact we overlooked Billy's birthday and stuff. But this story just really did 
helped me get through the weekend. It's to do with the policing in the western part of Sydney. Oh, yes. The western suburbs of Sydney by the Penrith Panthers, yes. supported by the uh, Parabatta players. Yeah. Now, uh, Commissioner Valanders uh, went out, uh, you know, to a glittering morning tea, as I said, and after a fortnight of criticism over their culture, the Penrith Panthers received an award, the police medal, from uh, Commissioner Van Landers for their efforts in thwarting gang violence in Western Sydney. Mm. Now, uh, Valanders' speech, which did go on a bit, and these were a few highlights, he, he started, I'm super proud of the players and the club. The work they do is extraordinary. You mm. only hear about negatives. Well, hang on a minute, you don't on this show. No. I mean, I hope he's not thinking that all we do is talk down rugby league. We don't. We don't. We don't. No. But today made me feel so good to be part of the game. They're great young men and role models, and I can see why they have had so much success. The spirit in the team and the vibe out there is nothing like I've experienced. Wow, mm. that's a big call. Yeah. I mean, see, Volandis knows excitement and, uh, yeah. you know, exp- vibe. Vibe, he, yes. he invented the Everest. People yeah. forget that, yeah. that he invented the Everest. That's right. Now, the, the Everest is almost as big as the uh, golden, egg. golden egg. Yeah, I'd say just maybe the egg slightly bigger, but it'll get there, the Everest. Yep. You can see why young kids look after them and they use their fame to give these kids a light at the end of the tunnel. Not right. sure how that works, but there it is. Yeah. Now, these the kids see them and think themselves that if their heroes can make it, they can too. It's important to have people that inspire you. This initiative all started after, you know, an event at the Easter show last year. That's right. They're just trying to stop these kids joining gangs and show them that there is more there, there is more to life. They're giving kids something to aspire to and make sure they don't go down the dark alley. Yes. Now. Well, that's an important message. You don't want them joining gangs. You want them joining teams. Rugby league teams. Yes. Hopefully. Now, are you worried about a society, Roy, mm-hmm. and I know you've, spent a lot of time with the youth of the nation mm-hmm. and encouraging them to do the right thing. Are, yes. are you worried at all about a society that dwells or needs mm. a police force of rugby league players to keep order in, let's say, a third of a city the size of Sydney? I mean, sure. Let's say there's five million people. Yes. And the best part of two million of those people are being looked after by rugby league players. Sure, sure. Look, I, I, I think it's just for local people, actually, I think it's just reassuring uh, when you leave your front door and walk down the street if you're going to go to the corner shop or something, to see on that corner a rugby league player just keeping an eye out. A- and remember, of course, you recognise the rugby league player because he has the police he uniform on top. He has the police top, uniform on top, shorts, shorts and boots. boots. On boots. On That's right. That's right. That's right. And uh, I have uh, liaised with, uh, with uh, the man of feathers. I'm wondering if the rugby league police in the area, should be able to deputise. It's often occurred to Well, me. hang on, hang on, hang on. We can't have this willy-nilly. No. I mean, if they were ticketed rugby league players no, if, if, of all if, ages. If, if, if people are prepared to go out and buy, buy their own blue shirts, shorts, socks, boots, boots, and go down, stand on the corner with the rugby league player. Oh, I see what you mean. Under supervision Under of a supervision, senior member yes, of the force. Be deputised, yes. Wow. And so you could get, you know, any so number 30 of, or 40 people on the corner? Thank you, yes. All dressed neatly, keeping an eye on things. No and smoking should, and should anything, vaping, none of that. Well, no need to. And if it, there's any breakout there, you know, word goes out. Two streets away, break yeah. in.
boom, suddenly you've got 40, 40 people there. I know. It's, that's an elegant idea to solve a lot yes. of problems. You know, Dylan Edwards was... Um, and, it, and it relieves the police. I mean, they, they can spend more time doing their paperwork at the station. That's a lovely idea. Now, some of the awards, Panther Patrolman of the Year, Dylan Edwards, no surprises there, no. having a great game on the season. And I believe his football's better for his police work. Yes. He gives him some... How many nights on. a week is, is Dylan Edwards doing? He's out there four doing. nights a week. Four nights a week. Yeah. Good man. Now, most improved is yeah. Stephen Crichton in the police. Yes. Obviously, he's stepped up and really learned a lot of traffic rules and right. spots people not using their indicators, especially when coming off roundabouts, all yes. that sort of stuff. Yes. Uh, and can spot troublemakers. Can, yes. Now, and he's quite prepared to go up to someone and say, what are you doing? Where sure. are you going? But but in a in a relaxing manner. Oh, a relaxing manner, of yeah. course. Yeah. Nothing intimidating about it. No. It's just, oh, good day, mate. Where, where, where are you going? Oh, I was just going down to the shop. Yeah. What for? Oh, I was just going to get a Kit Kat. Oh, okay. Off you go. Now, uh, Mitch Kenny, he's the Police Community Officer of the Year. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, there's somebody to aspire to, even when you're in the ranks. Yes, hoping that people can improve their, um, you know, status ah. in the in the force. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I suspect the Highway Patrolman of the Year. Well, this is yet to be announced, but Isaiah Yo. Oh yes, um, yes. I, yeah. I think that there's a real chance that he could that covered at Highway. They get a car, you know. They, they get a sort of... A, what, the Rugby League police standing on the corner? They've got a car. No, wait a minute. Provided by whom? No, but wait a minute. Sorry. No, only the Highway Patrolman of the Year on loan. Oh, okay. So they go out and then police that patch of freeway. Yes. Make sure no one's speeding out towards Parramatta or Penrith or, right. you know, that, uh, I forget what it's called now. The M7 might be part of it and the M- M4. Right. Yep. Now, I had a look at the rap sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a ram raid on the Hall of Fame Denture Clinic that the uh, the boys, the Penrith boys, busted. Uh, the McDonald's drive-through heist they got that under control pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, an ATM robbery tip-off, which they they got to quickly for the Parramatta Commonwealth Bank. Yep. The uh, missing rugby league goalpost. Well, that was easy. That was madness get, doing that. Mm-hmm. Four dozen chickens were stolen. They, they these are live chickens. These are not mm-hmm. from a backyard in uh, Harris Park. Yep. Uh, the car theft deal uh, involving the Penrith Panthers bus. Oh. They were all over that. Yeah, right. Now, this, remember, of course, is crime won't catch itself. You need people out there looking and seeing and looking at the stats and knowing where to go. Well, that's absolutely right. Michael of Sandrium is wondering whether the West Penrith boys are living up to the old adage that if you want to catch a crim, you've got to think like a crim. <laughs> There's a lot of well, truth to that, isn't there it? There is. But remember, One of the original pioneers of rugby league police work was, of course, Constable, Constable Craig, Craig Fat, Fat Albert, Albert Young. Young. Yeah. He, he cracked the, the missing balls case. He did. He did. Remember the four or five uh, footballs that disappeared Steven. from the Taj Mahal? Yes. He found them. Well, Craig knew where to find them. Yes. Mm. As you point out, if you're going to catch crime, you've got to think like you've criminals. You've got to think like a criminal, yeah. Now, the, the biggest baffling case, which they couldn't get to the bottom of, was the Aqua Golf. Right. And a cable skiing thing out at Penrith. Penrith, yeah. It was drained. They don't know, still don't know who did it and took all the water well, somebody out. somebody pulled the plug out? Mm. Mm. Oh, mm. Lord. Okay. And on secondment from the Parramatta team, a uh, big call out to Hayes Dunster mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Junior Paolo, who uh, were obviously uh, seconded onto the ranks of the Penrith uh, police force. It's a great story, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Isn't that great? I think we pointed out that this, uh, this Dunster kitty is the first... The first Dunster to play rugby league. 
wasn't he? I think that's right. I think that's right. In fact, Hayes Dunster is quite mm. a name, isn't it's it? It's a wonderful name. Yeah. I wonder what Hayes stands for, as in, is it short for Hazard or? I don't know. Yeah. Hazel or? Yeah, no it idea. Yeah, anyway. But I do like Dunster. <laughs> The Rugby League Party is the only party offering practical Rugby League solutions. Only Rugby League can deliver zero emissions by 2025. A balanced budget, a registered nurse in all aged care facilities 24 hours a day, Rugby League compliant submarines and a cast iron guarantee that on every hour of the day, a game of Rugby League will be played somewhere on earth. Next time you vote, vote one. Rugby League. Roy, it's very moving. You know, April the 17th, 1984, Redfern uh, adopted as a special home for Souths the beautiful ground mm. in that great park. Yeah. In, very close to the central business. Yeah, business Red, Red, Redfern Oval, Oval, yes. yes. Marvellous venue. And on, uh, must have been uh, Wednesday this week, mm. Uh, some 75 years later, almost to the day, yep. the club decided to relocate to the Centre of Excellence in Heffron Park. Now, mm. as I pointed out in my opening comments, is what makes their Centre of Excellence interesting or special? I've got no idea. Well, it's called the Heffron Centre. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know who Heffron was after whom uh, the park was named, but he must have been, could have been a mayor of Maroubra or something like that. I don't know. What a lovely thought. Now, mm. about 50,000 people... Farewell, uh, the grand old girl. Removalist trucks parked out the back were loaded up with the tackle bags and gym equipment. Mm. Players had already transported most of their precious items before Christmas. Right. And they, when they completed an overnight march, we weren't able to report on this because we weren't on air, yeah. from Redfern to Heffron Park and made a point of stopping at most of the junior grounds along the way. Yes, I see. Now, uh, so <laughs> belatedly, they had a day for the players and yes. families, yeah. most important South's families. Yeah. Look, I... <clears throat> was lucky enough to get a couple of rabbits from your traps. Yep. Uh, so I took them along. Yes. Felt very welcome. We put them on the barbecue and, yes. you know, tried to do as much as we could with them. Yes. Uh, and <clears throat> close props. It was hard yeah. to explain what the close props were, but I tried to get over to the crowd there mm. while I bought the close props. Yes. But, uh, you know, South Sydney legend Sam Burgess, who always loved looking back towards the city yeah. and taking in the view of the palm trees at the northern end of the Oval. It's a great park. It is. And I don't know why they gave up on it because Nor it me. is a terrific, terrific I mean, venue. It was a centre of excellence in itself, wasn't it? You know, I exactly. A, a centre of of modern excellence, yeah. really, you know. Yeah. Mind you, excellence. the facilities at he the Hevron Centre are pretty, you know, out of this world. Have they got the rabbit on the bottom of the pool, though? Remember, over I don't think they do. No. I don't think they do. Is it all Coachwood and Myrtle, the colours? No, there's no evidence of that. There appears to be a lot of what I'd call glass. Oh, yeah. A hell of a lot of glass, HG, with uh, training equipment in... Full view. In full view, yes. And are you allowed to go in and lift the weights? I think sometimes the general public, there, there are areas for the general public, but there is a dedicated space. For the... For the bunnies. Yeah, the And there's an people. oval that is the exact size of a rugby league oval. Well, that's good news. So, so you can practice your kicking and tactical passing kicking and, and like passing that. and all that sort of yeah. stuff with. And do the bunnies look at home there, or do they? Well, they don't look at home yet, no, no. because they're all a bit wide-eyed, and you know, where, where do I put my stuff? Because mm. there didn't appear to be any lockers or anything for your. And you the... know how you have talismans. Yes, 
little bits of scratch little bits paints. of stuff that you've picked up over the years, yeah. like your first footy newspaper, cards, newspaper headlines, newspaper cutting, yeah, South Wind, yeah, all that sort old of stuff. scarves, someone's given you a birthday present from when you were ten, yeah, that sort of stuff. You don't know Scanlon's footy cards decorating yes. your locker. So at the moment they've just been dumped on the ground, um, just outside one of the glass walls of the gymnasium. So see, see and can I point out this is what. <laughs> Counter to that, get yeah. this, uh, you know, uh, obviously Sam was integral to the success in 2014. Yes. He'll never forget standing at the southern end of the inner city ground in the summer of 2010 mm. and bursting into tears when yeah. club's Hollywood owner, um, that was a bit unfair, I mean, uh, you know, Northern mm. Rivers, what is he up there? Rusty, near, yeah. Yeah, Rusty, mm. uh, handed him a membership card for his late father, Mark. I didn't know that no, story. No, but you can see that sort of meaning. Very hard to duplicate A sort of retrospective out. membership. Retrospective. Well, that is fantastic. I know, but you can see why yes. the new joint doesn't have any of that patina. No. Of meaning. No. Of investment. No. Of emotion. No. Of hard-won battles. What a wonderful thing it is. Do you recall, HG, when we, um, when we went to Salt Lake City, we went along to... Uh, might be the, the Church of Latter-day Saints Information Centre. We did. Where they have all the records uh, of everyone on the planet going back to the year dot, dot from yeah. when records began. Yeah. And we were able to trace our families all the way back with the idea being that you can bring your families through... Uh, the LDS system the to LDS the modern system day. retrospectively. And, yes, that's right. So they can be welcomed into the church even though they might have died several hundred years ago. Wonderful thing. Uh, I don't think we really availed ourselves of, of the f- complete service, but no. we were fascinated to see what records they did have. Um, Are you suggesting the I'm same thing? I'm suggesting the rugby league, well, clubs, various clubs, could rec- re- you, you could go along and provide the details of... You know, grandparents, great grandparents, great 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 parents, going back as far as you can, and have them issued with retrospective membership for a certain fee. Do you are you meaning that people who came, say, on the first fleet with fleet, Arthur sure. Phillip, yes, uh, could be part of a rugby league team now? Yes, because their subsequent well, I don't offspring, know about part of the team, but they could be made members. Just willy-nilly made members, or you well, know, they'd the, have to be cite. You have to cite their birth records, ah, and perhaps they don't have to have a relative in the subsequent years who actually played rugby. Oh, like, yes, I think you've like, got to have a relative. You, say you're a member of the club. Mm-hmm. You've got to be a member of the club now. If you want to bring through into membership of your club, let's say you're part of the Parramatta mm. club, mm. right, mm. and you want to bring through a, uncles, yes, aunties. Great great grandfather. Great great grandfather going back to, you know, the Scottish Highlands or from wherever your people come. Yeah. As long as you can identify their birth date and have a birth certificate, they could be given retrospective Parramatta Eel membership. Isn't that a great idea? That's... And how proud would you be? I know, I know. With I... being able to demonstrate, look at this, my great 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 grandfather and grandmother, there they are, members of the Eels. <laughs> I got, I'm just welling up inside I know. because I know how proud they would be. Exactly. I've never met them. They'd be exactly. just love to be part of the And if there is the a world beyond, so be they'd it. be looking down. Grinning. Grinning. Tears. Yeah. Saying thank you, wearing the blue in you. Well, there you are. 
And can I suggest that clubs could charge for this? Of course they could. Mm. They would do that. They could employ people to do the research. No, do the well, search on your yeah, family. That's right. You obviously they get in touch with Utah. Yeah. And get the Utah connection because they've got all the records. They buy, they buy up every record ever made on any town or city on the planet. Mm. Uh, such is their reach. After snaring a tight four points in a top-of-the-table clash, do you like to relax with a large one? Why not meet friends and family at the Feathered Trouser Bar? It's a top hole for bludgers on the blind side. Ah, yes, welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side for the second hour. If you've missed the first hour, then it's always available on the podcast not long after we pull up stumps. Now, if you want to get involved with the show, text number 0467920222, or the old style way, royandhg at abc.net.au. And the following people have, Roy. Uh, yes, uh, just tidying up a few things, HG. We ran out of time in the last hour. I forgot to mention the result of our talk back from last week. Good. Uh, would you like to, there to be a rugby league ambassador attached to the United Nations? 76% of people, of people say yes. Gee, that's a bit disappointing. Yeah, I, I expect I would it 100%. Thought, yeah, yeah, I know. Thanks very much. I know, I know. I mean, but maybe some people want an ambassador for other sports. Yeah, they may do too. Mm. Who knows how people think. think oh, indeed, indeed. Oh. I can't go there. Sorry, Roy. Uh, today's uh, topic, uh, does rugby league reward its dreamers? Uh, yes or no? So uh, just get in touch. Uh, there's no one there to answer the call, but just leave a message. We'll yeah, get, don't clog we'll up the phone, Now, the, uh, on the text, HG, Heffron was a former local member in New South Wales Premier in the late 50s. Right. The Heffron right. Centre. I think they've got quite a nice pool there. I don't know if that's attached to the Centre of Excellence. It would be. Must even go and explore. Yes, it would be. Uh, now, someone, uh, Phil, is wondering if, uh, would it clarify things if we named these Centres of Excellence after some centres of excellence, for example, the Reg Gaznier Centre of Excellence. That's yeah, not bad. That is, is very, very good. The, so, the Graham Bradley. Or the Mick Cronin Centre. Or the Mick Cronin Centre of Excellence. Yes, of excellence. Yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, that, that, that's a lovely idea. Mm. Uh, just on the text, HG. Uh, um, now, Janet from Talem Bend mm-hmm. just wants a uh, call out to her physio, Mark who has to work when the bludger's on. But that's all right. He could uh, catch up with the program uh, once it's uh, gone to podcast. Yeah, that's he? true. So it's not a drama. Is he interested in catching I up? I have no idea. That's not tacit in the it's conversation. It's not tacit at all, no. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, emails, actually, this has come from Tony in Camberwell in Victoria. He says, happy rugby league. Following on from your recent discussion on the topic of whips and spurs... Oh, yes, yes, ..in yes. horse racing... Yes. I was interested to read in The Age that arguably the most famous set of spurs in existence, the great golden spurs, and there they are, HG. I'll show you the photograph. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're magnificent. The great golden spurs had to be presented by Australian Simon Abney Hastings, that is the 15th Earl of Luden, to King Charles III at his upcoming coronation. Apparently custom now dictates that the spurs are to be touched against the king's feet then placed on an altar with the other offerings. Isn't that a lovely God touch? Almighty, that is pretty arcane, isn't it? So the golden spurs have just got to touch his heels, I suppose, and then they're placed on the altar, yeah, and but... then someone else would come up with something else and touch yeah. his date and put it on the... Now, hang on, hang on. Well, I don't know. Is there a book? 
with all well, this in it? Yeah, there would be. Yeah, and, and why do people... Why do people put... do it? Because it's ritual. It means something to people. <laughs> it means something. The touching of the spurs. The touching of the golden spurs. As Australian. Yes, I don't know if, 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 if Her Majesty uh, Queen Elizabeth had the golden spurs touch her. I don't know. Uh, no. And Haim, Back in 1952 or wherever it was. And Haim? Well, it is Haim there. Haim will be doing it for seven, sure. Is he? Yeah, the coronation. He's going to take the king through it. Take us through it. Is he? Exactly. Exactly. Take us through. Where'd you get the spurs? Where'd you get the spurs? You know, what does it feel like? Yeah. When you touch his feet, did you feel electricity? Yeah. You know, or the history, redolent with history, if that's right, the word. What else is, what came up behind you? As in, Mm. was it the date toucher coming next or, you know, (laughs) wherever it goes? I mean, it's up to Haim to... Well, of course I'm not going to I mean, we can't do Haim's job for him. I mean, oh, mighty Haim's been doing enough now. I mean, if he can't think of what to ask the 15th Earl of Ludolm after he's touched the, the golden spurs on the We can't king. help him. We yeah. can't help him. Yeah, no, he's on his own. Adam from Canberra. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy Rugby League. I recently secured a new position within a federal government agency. Oh, yeah. As part of my onboarding process... I was required to submit copies of my identification documents, birth certificate, Medicare card, driver's licence, etc., that have been certified as true copies by a recognised justice of the peace. While I am familiar with the process and have a readily available method of getting this done swiftly, I understand that many other hard-working, regular, rugby league-loving Aussies may find it challenging to locate a JP while working full-time and watching their local side run around each weekend. To me, the solution is simple, to allow all ticketed rugby league players from third grade and above to be certified as JPs. Look, my understanding is that most touch judges and referees are JPs. And would be more than happy to sign your documents and stamp your documents on a sideline, say, after the game, half-time, you break a play. Break 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 play. Let's say there's HIA. Play stopped. Well, they do Just run out to the touchy with your birth certificate. Say, oh, listen, mate. Can you certify that? Yeah, not a problem. Oh, yeah, show us it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that looks good. Yeah. You'll sign it. Of course mm. they would. Mm. I didn't know that, that they're all qualified. Pretty well, yeah. yeah. Pretty well. Yeah. And and if they're not, they'll, they'll, they'll know... What to do next on Monday. Well, they'll, Get they'll, if, if they're not personally a, a, a they'll J, know JP, they'll is. know someone who is a JP. Yeah, yeah. You know, someone yeah. who did the third grade or, or the jersey yeah, flag right, earlier right. in the day. He's that's just right. over there. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Having a beer. Having a beer. Uh, a suggested enhancement to the tennis court proposal. This has come from Byron from Castle mm-hmm. Hill. Mm-hmm. Perhaps tennis court owners could pay people from the community to play on their tennis courts. This way the owners can prevent their tennis courts being seized by council <laughs> while simultaneously providing a financial incentive for Australians to develop their tennis schools. Oh, what an elegant solution. I think platforms the likes of Uber or eBay could be adapted to this new market. To run people to the courts... I suppose so. I think you suggested at the time something similar, that people register their private Courts. court onto Online. a web, yes. onto a base. Yes, that's right. That's right. And then you go through twenty-four hour cycle when yeah. the when the courts available, when the courts available, and which write your be, name in. Write your name. Yeah, in. and no cloggers. Book it and a key will be left out. Yeah, and uh, no cloggers, meaning putting the booking up and then not turning up. Yes, because you clog it up for everybody you else. You do, and I know some well, who do that. Oh, well, we all do. Fair enough. We all do. Uh, happy Rugby League. This has come from Mark. Uh, dismayed to hear of the lack of swimming pools in Sydney suburbs. 
I know. I've got a story about this. Mm. This is very disturbing. Yeah. And I, look, what overhangs my mind about the swimming pool thing yeah. is Ariana Titmus. Yes. The 400 metres and the 400 IM, she was world record holder. That's I'm not sure right. about the IM anyway, the 400 metres. And now this clown from Canada, Summer McIntosh, has got him. Yes. Yeah, so we've got to fire up Australia to get him back. Yeah. Yeah, we Especially do. Ariana. Yeah. Um, now, he says, I'm putting forward a we- Ford Wellington a solution to this planning oversight. Our local pool, or to give its correct name, the Wellington Aquatic Leisure Centre, is less than three years old. So it's a, it's a modern facility at Wellington. Is this in the town of Wellington? Yes. The home of the Wellington Boot? Yes. And remember the Hogs for the Homeless? Hogs for the Homeless. They relayed they, they, the, they relayed they the did, turf there, didn't they? God, I mean, it's go ahead out there in Wellington. It sure is. It has a 50-metre pool, eight lanes wide, Heated, state-of-the-art filtration system, and water so pure you can drink it. Isn't that a beautiful story? Occasionally a family of wild ducks use the pool, but restrict themselves to the deep end of lane one, so it can easily be detoured around. That's handy to know, isn't it? Isn't that great? Do you assume the correspondent uses the pool? Uh, A bit hard to say. I'd like to think so. Wellington has produced swimming champions like... Ian O'Brien. Oh, yeah, Ian O'Brien. Gold medalist in breaststroke at the Tokyo Olympics in 1964 and Ben Austin, Paralympic swimmer, holder of many records and medals. Um, so I'm not too sure what the what his suggestion is He's not, as uh, the Wellington solution because it seems to me that these champions were produced well before the Wellington Aquatic Leisure Centre was put in only three years ago. I mean, if he was prepared to say we now have ten world champions, yeah. it's, you know... Very quick pool. Very quick pool, and we've got eight swimmers faster than Ariana Titmus, yeah. then we'd be all ears I know. and interested in the Wellington but, Revolution. But maybe he's a secretary of the club and offering, uh, you know, an opportunity for people to come down and start swimming there, even if they live in Tamora. Sure. It's a bit of a spin from well, Tamora, just... but anyway. I'm sure Tamora have their own facility. Well, I don't know. No, I can't speak for them. I but you can listen to the podcast on the way down. Yep. Uh, just finally, this has come from uh, Greg. Uh, Greg says, uh, eight years ago, after a night of drinking uh, and blustering with the local footy coach, I agreed to lace up the boots one last time mm. as the local team was short of troops. No. You know where this is going, don't you? I know. Is he in hospital still? As I arrived at the ground and surveyed the Crimean War-style carnage, I quickly lost my swaggering bravado of the previous night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With 20 minutes to go, I was sent on as the last man on the bench. I soon realised that a willingness for grunt, poke and passion was no substitute for youth, fitness and talent. No, very good. I was battered senseless. At one point, I pleaded with the ref that I'd been tackled on suspicion. Suspicion is a suspicion of what? He chortled. Of being a footy player? He gave the offending player a conspiratorial wink. What? Within two minutes to go, I copped an elbow to the face that left me sprawled on the pitch. The ensuing penalty won us the game. Won us the game. Wow! The rest of that day remains a little more than a hazy blur. Combination of few drinks and concussion will do that. Apparently the coach described my efforts as brave and plucky. Doubtless euphemism for ill-advised and stupid. stupid. I know this happened eight years ago because Google recently sent me a series of photographs in which I appear with two black eyes, my nose askew and one ear pointing in an unnatural angle. They were ironically titled Happy Memories 
While some might consider such a title diabolically inappropriate, I do indeed consider them happy memories, at least what I can remember. That's uh, Chiang Mai Jack. And there's the photograph, HG. Whoa. He does look knocked about, doesn't he? He does. You know, if you said, you know, that's what you look like after lacing on the boots again. 20 minutes of rugby league. You'd think twice, wouldn't you? You would. You You would, would. yes. But it's a beautiful story. I know, it's a, a story... A story of redemption. Redemption. And a story where they won the bloody game. Songs of War from the Stars of Rugby League is out now on Munster Music. Great tunes that buoyed the hearts of a nation through two world wars, sung by the Rugby League stars of today. Top tracks heard every week on Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, uh, Roy, just mm-hmm. going back to Redfern Oval, yes. of course, so many lasting memories. I think the last time you and I worked there was calling a charity match at yeah, one did. point on the top of one of the sheds. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Now, yep. uh, so we get to, obviously, the move to Heffron Park and... One of the la- great lasting memories at, at Redfern, however, will be Burgess being consoled by Crow, that's Sam Burgess and Russell Crow, mm. before a manly trial after he left the north of England to become a rabbit. Yeah. Uh, my first day in Australia, I came to this ground, said Sam, I won't say today is emotional, but it's a good time to reflect. Mm. There's been so much hard work done on this field and some great memories and not some, you know, obviously some not so great memories, i.e. when they lost. Mm. I never get tired of the view to the north. I might have mentioned that earlier. And the other end where uh, I stood with Russell, he gave me the membership card for my dad, which we've alluded to earlier, which included a couple of lines my dad used to say to me before the game. Russell has given me the card every year since 2010. Dad's seat is in the stand next to Russell's seat. I remember bursting into tears. He totally caught me off guard. It's typical Russell, isn't it? The last thing you'd expect is a card for your dad. I think... um, you know uh, what? What did his dad say to him before I, running on? Does I, he I've say? got no idea. I think. Well, that's dad, between them. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. the dad's moved on to bigger yeah, pastures. Well, I'm sure. I, I've spent so much uh, of my life here, and the amount of time we've spent underneath the grandstand and out in the field, I've always been grateful to Redfern. Uh, it's been uh, great to me, and I like to think I've been given back as well. Now, the thing is that um, Rusty is very dedicated, as we know, to the rabbit's cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, might, I think every week he does eat rabbit at some stage to keep, uh, you know, the tradition well, nothing alive. Nothing wrong with that. It's a very lean meat. Very lean meat and mm. easy to cook. Very easy to cook. And uh, you know, fairly can easy. be a little bit tough, a little bit stringy if you overcook it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You've got to watch the, uh, you know, the heat. You do. Now, and take the giblets out. Well, obviously, yeah. unless you're interested in that sort of. Giblet. Well, a lot of people eat the giblets. Well, you see, there's a big swing back to that sort of. Meat, because apparently it's full of useful. Well, it's best not to waste anything. Exactly. Why waste? You know, the fur you can you can boil that up and make a stock, a rabbit stock. (laughs) And what would you use the stock for? A bit of stew. I don't know. You'd have to talk to someone from MasterChef. They'd know. Curtis Stone. Curtis Stone would know what to do with rabbit rabbit stock. Yeah. Now, Crow is also a rolled gold fan of the Prime Minister. You know, Mr. Albanese. Well, he's the number one South fan, isn't he? The the politician says he was extremely happy, uh, you know, discussing it. Here's what I'll tell you about Albo. When I took over the club, every man and his dog asked me for stuff. You know, he never did. He never did. Albo never asked for anything from from, uh, Russell. He always turned up and kept up his own membership, paid for it himself, and he buys his own tickets. And you know that, to me, shows the quality of the guy. Yeah. 
Yep. I mean, that's so true, isn't it? It is. There's so many bludgers in this day and age. Yes. They go around, <clears throat> hand out, wanting something for nothing, mm-hmm. even though they can afford to get it themselves. Yes. If they could be bothered to walk to the shop and get a bottle of uh, spring water. Yes. In contrast, Crow made it clear that his fondness uh, didn't extend to the former government, uh, you know, obviously the former government of Scott Morrison. Right. I think we're lucky at the moment with all the opaque bullshit we've had to deal with over the last 10 or 15 years. We've got a guy that is at least going to tell you the truth. Mm. Now, he may not make the decisions that you want individually every time, but over time what Anthony uh, will do is improve the lives of people in this country and that's the job of a politician, not the other bullshit we've seen from people who have pretended to be doing blah, 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 blah. Right. Now, so that's a big call, isn't it? It is. You're going to get the truth and the facts and improvement. Yeah. From Albo. He also says... Very controversial thoughts. It is. He's gone right out on a limb. Hmm. Uh, Crow also weighed in on which Prime Minister he'd choose to play in a film. I mean, this, he must get this asked hundreds of times. I bet you Haim asked him at once. Mm. But he says, Harold Holt's story is fascinating, isn't it? Just how did he disappear? Oh, well, he drowned. Yeah. Well drowned, yeah, one assumes. Yeah. <laughs> unless yeah. The, well, unless it's up the, to the scriptwriters. But uh, is there any talk of... You mean QAnon writers will write the Chinese sub came along and plucked him out of the it. deep? Yes. Now, but... To make that plausible, that's your task of a scriptwriter. Yeah, it is. Because you is. and I can say that and it sounds great, but it, when we come to is. write it, oh, well, where does the sub come from? Mm. Who's on the sub? But I don't know how you would open the sub to allow a former Prime Minister in, even though he was wearing... <coughs> a wetsuit. A wetsuit. I mean, water had come... I mean, how, did, how does that work? You've got, to, you've got to float the submarine. To get it onto the surface. To get it onto the surface, and to open some... it up and then... You can get out and say, oh, come on, mate, hop on in. He clamours up and you go down. Isn't that the way it works? I mean, you can't enter through a through a, a, a tube. You well, can't. I know, I, I, look, I'm just processing the information. Yeah. I haven't thought about it that in that detail because I think it's a crock of shit, personally. Yeah, I, I know that. I know no, that. No, 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 I'm just but if the, if, the, if, the, if the submarine had surfaced, <laughs> I think someone would have seen it. Now, he's also a big fan of golf. Yes. I think he's one of Australia's great statesmen. So oh, he's got Albo, right. Harold, who he'd love to play, and Goff yeah, right. as Australia's great statesman. That's a big call, isn't Very it? Very big call. Very big call. <clears throat> I don't think Harold Holt had anything to do with rugby league, though, did he? No, well, that's the disappointment. Well, I don't bit. think Goff had much to do with rugby league. You and I knew Goff. Yeah. Whenever we raised rugby league, he just... Go blank. He'd move on to uh, you move know, on to something else. Yeah. He wasn't interested in talking about rugby, Medicare league. or Medibank. Or yeah, yeah, Medibank. Some policy thing. Now, the the only other thing is, is that um, uh, Harold did give his name to a swimming pool. Is yeah. the Harold Holt Memorial beautiful pool? I'm not, never no, I won't get a word. Where, where is it? Actually, it's in the it's in the suburbs of Melbourne. Yes. Uh, now I should get this pretty close eventually. Right. Uh, you, not not very not far, far out from Brighton. No, no, you you could ride a bike up. Okay, good. Um, okay. It'd take you an hour or two, but it doesn't matter. You can ride a bike up and then have a swim and go home. Uh, but, you see, that raises the question of whether we can do something about the pools. Mm. Like maybe an, a, a website with all the pools in Australia listed the, and the ones closest to you. Yeah. I mean, I don't well, know if that's Well, could there. this be part of the same app that uh, tennis courts I think that's on. what I'm suggesting is tennis courts. Tennis courts. Yeah, they get... Well, there it's a bit more pressing if local councils are going to take over tennis courts appropriate them if they're not being used. There's no suggestion that's going to happen with pools, is it? That local backyard pools are going to be... Well, I hadn't thought of that. You see, the problem with local backyard pools... They're not is big that, enough. No, they're not big enough. You can only and get... And the number of people who would have a 
full-size Olympic pool in their backyard. Not Very many. Few. Not many. You're probably Twiggy Forest, those sorts. That's it. Russell, maybe. Yeah. Oh, Rusty. Yeah. He'd, maybe. He'd I don't know. Up. Yeah. Especially if you had a bit of talent. Lodging on the Blind Side is again sponsored by the Queensland Pig Shooting Association, the New South Wales Duck Shooters Confederation, and the Australian Shotgun Museum, Tamora, New South Wales. Now, a bit of an update on Tamora, and you don't have to ride your bike to Wellington to get a swim. Apparently, uh, keen listeners have uh, alerted us to the fact that there's a huge sporting centre in Tamora, 50-metre pool, basketball courts, wow. rugby league training centre and so on. Sounds it's, like a centre of excellence. It does, the Tamora Centre of Sporting Excellence. Mm. I've just named it that yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah fair enough. It's yeah. been a while since so I've been to Tamora. Been yeah. a fair while. I, I think they, they have a... a, a Aeroplanes. They've got World War Two aeroplanes there. You get a show, an air show every now and again. An antique Mora. air show. Yeah, you get and, Spitfires. And, and don't they have um, a very keen <clears throat> interest in harness racing? I probably, I'd say so. Yeah. Whereas yeah, the yeah. heart of harness racing is not that far away. It's about 80 kilometres away in Young. Young, yes, yes. So a lot <clears> of <throat> uh, so a lot Medical of, uh, Mile and uh, yeah, 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 Inter-Dominion yeah, yeah. people. That's right. Yeah, are in that, that area. Right, but tomorrow yeah. you don't have to go to Wellington. I know a lot of people setting off on their bike. To get down to Wellington, you can stay and just find the pool in your area. Now, now Alan from Castle Hill is concerned, actually. He says, uh, I've no word yet of any official, officially certified rugby league player allocated to the coronation. You'd imagine Peter Flanders would go there. He was the last to dine with the Queen. He was. He was. Well, do they count that? Well, I don't, I don't know how sure. they... Determined with the guest list. Usually it's to now, do can with I ask blood them? relations and stuff like that and heads of state. Yeah. Well, heads of competitions, like Volandis is heading the competition. Now, can I yeah. ask, firstly, Yes. I'm all for this, uh, and I'd love to think that somebody from Australia could represent rugby league. I'd no doubt. You know, yeah. we've got plenty of great people who represent rugby league at the highest level. Sure. Now, sure. what I'm worried about is what would they be taking along as to represent the Spurs, and what would they be doing with them? Oh, I don't think they'd be have any official duties to perform. I think the the rituals associated with the coronation of a king or queen go back really to almost the Dark Ages, HG, well before rugby league was uh, yeah, a fully established competition. Can, in can you remember in the past we used to send <clears throat> some ill-appropriate gift like an ashtray made out of mulga wood? Yes. Uh, oh, you could take a gift, certainly, but don't expect that gift to end up on the altar. It's not going to happen. No. So, can I ask... It doesn't matter if you, you know, run up and touch the king on the shoulder with it, whatever it's going to be. Let's yeah, say it's yeah, the yeah. ashtray. Yeah. Made out of mulga, as you suggest. You know, you know, tap him on the shoulder and put it on the... on the. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. They wouldn't allow you to do it. Now, can I come back to the problem, as I see it, mm. with, the, with the Lord? Yes. Is that right? The fifth Lord of, you know, Bath, going over with the Spurs. Yes. Now... The gold, he the or she spurs, gets in yeah. a line yep. and waits for their turn to go and do the business. That's as you right. tap them. That's now, right. that's in the book of the book of coronation. I assume so, yes. yes. Yeah. There'd be certain but, rituals, you know, that he did step on the stone of Scone oh, or, stone or scone sit on the stone of Scone yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. And get tapped with a knife get tapped, or something. And then the scepter is given to him, the orb. Representing ah, the world, represents yeah, the world. Yeah, and the mace. And the mace, mace. Yeah, mace. Mace. Representing Willie Mason. Willie Mason, <laughs> whose birthday it is today. Uh, so there's that, plus the golden spurs. Yeah. Now, after that, 
I'm, I'm a little bit lean on information as to, as to say, what to expect. God save the king while they have a think. Yes. Right, whether they made and, a mistake. And then he gets the crown put on his head. Ah, yes. With all those jewels and orbs in there. A... You know the Spurs? Yeah. Are they in a case somewhere nearby, as in so they live in the case nearby just in case there's a coronation needed yeah. and they have to get them out and well, put them on? So. Or does this person take them home? I don't, I don't know. No. So the, about the golden Spurs. It's yeah. like the golden carriage, you know, it just sits in the... Yeah, the driveway. In the driveway there. Ready yeah. to take off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would like to think, though, there was an Australian... Well, Peter Vlandis will have to be there, yeah, surely. I yeah, I agree. Surely. I agree. There's no bigger person in No, know, there's no one closer to the royal family, family than, than Peter Vlandis. Yeah. In terms of Australians. I mean, I don't think the Prime Minister's going to go. Oh, no, I don't think that'd have looked... That's I've not, no idea. That's I don't not know. an elegant we, solution at all. You have to have somebody who speaks the same language. Yes, you know, Valandis said, uh, you know, be able to work out the cutlery settings, you know, how Well, he's been there before. It. He's not going to embarrass himself. He knows to take the outside. A- in. Yeah. You go outside in when it comes to cutlery, yes. Yeah. Mm. And break the bread, not cut it with a knife. That's it. I mean, so much to learn. I know. <laughs> so little time. Mm. Now, <clears throat> this has struck me as Joey I Jones. recently uncovered my family tree, someone is suggesting. I used rugbyleagueancestry.com. So if you go, go to Rugby League Ancestry and get them... How far are you going back, though? Can you get beyond 1908? Well, of course you could. With answer, rugbyleagueancestry.com? Well, I'm amazing. Could you get back so. into, the, say, the 1300s? Yeah, well, you, maybe. Maybe you could. So there, there mm. it is if you want to well, posthumous, posthumously give, give, give people membership to your club. Yeah. We know Haspartum was played in the, in the early Middle Ages. Well, we know it was played certainly around 300 AD. That'll do, yeah. That's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. That's about 1,700 years it, ago. It, yeah, it was played Byzantium. It was, it was played, played in uh, Constantinople. Well, and other places. Mm. I think the Roman rules for Haspartum are, are well documented they are. now. They are. They are. Now, what I was going to say was that... Um, Joey Johns, who's a well-known uh, commentator on rugby league, always yes. had an opinion about things. He says, with 22 long-term knee injuries this season. I didn't know that. That's almost two teams out. What almighty, 22. The, the NRL is facing an injury crisis. Yeah. Now, can I point out that I think I saw a story, we may come to it if we get time, Yeah. concerning the fact that there are more concussion injuries this year yeah. despite the crackdown which has been harder than ever before. Go figure. There's Good more concussion injuries despite well, the crackdown. Well, that tells me that there's been a lot of concussion injuries yeah, in the past that haven't been... Yeah, diagnosed. Yes. And do you know what concerns me is that that uh, concussed people are banging it on, pretending they're normal. Oh, yeah. That's just got to stop. Oh, right. Got, you know, players are getting up totally, you know, out on Coosbane. Yes, but so, pretending they're not. Yeah, pretending they're normal. Uh, takes a hell of a mind to do it. It does. But, you know, great mental powers. Mm. But some of these people are, you know, stumbling, grumbling and mumbling. Yes. But they're playing rugby league. Mm. On they go. Mm. Now, um, he mentions Dewey and uh, Braley last weekend who suffered ACL, season-ending ACL injuries. Well, Dewey's uh, out for the season. Well, apparently. I didn't know that. Well, that's a blow to the West Tigers, isn't it? He was the only player that had any go forward amongst them. <laughs> Sadly, he was in. Yeah. <laughs> their major problem for an opposition. Yeah. If I've got that the right way. No, I think you have. Mm. Anyway, that's just uh, 
well, I don't know. Did Paleface Adios come from Tamora? I think so. I think Paleface well, Adios. I'm not are. sure where Hondo Grattan came from, but well, let's say Tamora. Yeah. Uh, the whole Adios streak, you know, came was, from Tamora. Yeah. Yeah, bred in Tamora. Yeah. There was Wellington Adios, and they That's had right. hundreds of them. Yep. Now, as <clears throat> look, lots of clubs have multiple player injuries on the sideline. Now, Joey says the cause behind the worsening injury toll is due to the 20 year evolution in the game. Yeah. Well, it's a much harder game now, isn't it? The tackles are much tougher, harder. Tougher. Generally, in years gone by, coming from behind, you would tackle them low around the knees or lower around the ankles. Yes. Now they go high, they grab them above the waist, on the hips, and then lean on them yeah. to get on top, and that's where the hip drop's coming from. Yes. Tackling techniques over the last 20 years have changed so much, open brackets, mainly due to Craig Bellamy Craig and Bellamy. the Storm, closed that's right. brackets. That's right. Much of the outrage behind the tackling techniques in the modern games from the way wrestling has been implemented. That's it. Take chicken wings, cannonballs, hip drops. They've all become commonplace in the past few years. And Johns believes that they come back to the way clubs train. Yes. His theory, this is Joey's theory, my theory is a footballer, and this is a really interesting thing, you're put on this earth with only so many bumps and knocks in you and you don't want to use them up at training. We had a colleague, worked with a colleague who thought that you only had so many shots at golf yeah, in you. that's right. And after that, your game fell apart completely. That's right. Yes. Could explain a lot about Tiger Woods, but be that as it may. Yeah. They go as hard as they can. It's like anything, if one club does it, everyone else follows. Everyone followed Melbourne regime, notice Bellamy again, yes. and their model of how they trained and how they've wrestled, and it's been very successful. Part of that is because the discipline of wrestling mm. is the discipline of wrestling, but I hated it. I absolutely hate it. I think their injuries caused, caused at training because you see when the wrestling happens at training, it's full on. Mm. It's full on contact. They go hard at each other. Anyway. Yeah. Then they run in out with niggles, and the niggles get worse because they're, you know, obviously yes. hammered. Yeah. You know, he says peck injuries. He said peck injuries. He's got two players, a Sullivan, Kickow, and Jolliffe, three players, that mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. have suffered pectoral injuries. Uh, new epidemic, ooh, epidemic in rugby league. Yeah. He said peck injuries never happened 30 years ago. No, they Again, didn't. the wrestling is yeah. the cause of it. Right. So Joey's calling for wrestling to be stamped out of the game. Well, he says that... Well, that uh, horse has bolted, hasn't it? I think it's bolted completely. But yeah. he says the NFL uh, signed an organisation collective bargaining agreement with the NFL Players Association mm. as a potential way of moving forward. Someone told him the NFL have limited contact in training. When they train, it has to be filmed and sent back to the powers of B. He says he just thinks there's too much contact in training. Yeah. Could that work? Mm. So a players' agreement, you know, obviously... They had enormous trouble getting the players' agreement together this year. I'm not sure where that stands at the I moment. I don't know I, where that stands. I don't think they've done know. it. I don't know. I don't know. And so this is a tack on saying we have to – We have right. to. Um, is anyone monitoring the amount of uh, contact that's being made at training HG? Well, you see – Normally that sort of happens between, behind closed doors. Well, that's the difficulty is are we – are we, the ordinary public, league-loving like loving public yes. going to intrude into training and say, well, hang on a minute, the Eels have done too much this week. Yeah. We saw it. And do they have their own channel on television? Right. Uh, Is it going to be filmed? And who's going to watch this film to see if they're doing the right thing or not? Well, the Integrity Commission. The Integrity Unit. Yeah. Well, they've got well, their hands full. I know. Well, that brings us to the other topic is rotting the system. Hmm. As I said in my opening remarks, in the old days, there used to be fish tanks, tyres and a few chickens. Yes. Yes. Now it's got a bit more sophisticated than that. But the integrity unit, are they going to have to worry about training? I mean, where's Volandis in all of this? Volandis mm. appears to be asleep at the wheel, more worried about getting the ashtray, the Mulga ashtray to the coronation. Mm. 
And which fork he's going to use at the uh, fish dinner. At the fish dinner. Hmm. Yes, all right. Do, well, you, this, is a really, this is a really worrying development. Do you think it's any truth to it? No, I don't. I, I, I don't because I think coaches, coaches want to win. You've always got to follow the horse called self-interest. Mm-hmm. Now, you'd have to, you have to assume that each club has a coach that's interested in their club winning. I mean, you'd look at the record and scratch your head and wonder if that's true or not. But generally speaking, you'd have to, you've got to accept that is going to be the case. Otherwise, our whole concept of life and reality has to be reassessed. Yeah. Right? Now, assuming that's the case, uh, a coach is not going to endanger players in training. No, that's what I find odd about this. They're not going to do that. No. You've got to toughen them up a little bit. You've got to harden them up a little bit. But we have tackle bags. But we have tackle bags To bump into. Yes, yes, yes. And weights. Yes. So, you know, they work on their weights by themselves. the centres of excellence. The centre of excellence, yes. Now, the centre of excellence isn't going to kill players at training. Well, if you saw ambulances being called continually to the centres of excellence, then you're going to have to think, well, what's going on? (laughs) Let's have an inquiry. An inquiry, a probe. A probe, yes. But that's not the case. I've spoken to many ambulances. People, people, personnel, and I say to them, how often have you been called to centres of excellence? Often they say to me, never. And they think, well, great, someone's doing something right. So where do we put this increase in injuries down? Well, Jerry, well you've got to say that Joey Johns is just looking around for something to write about to excite a population and to distress people who love rugby league. Rugby league players can do anything. Pick fruit, plug potholes, change bed sheets. If you need job-ready Aussies who won't quit, get in touch with Smearson Employment through bludging on the blind side. Roy. Actually, Dave and the Kimberley... And it, I would say Dave's been under a bit of stress with these wins, this cyclone. Enormous wins. Some of the strongest wins ever recorded on the planet. Did I hear uh, uh, 200, 300 kilometres an hour? The strongest wins were ever recorded in Australia. Wow. Easily, easily. Okay. Well, anyway, Dave in the Kimberleys is saying that uh, GWN TV have a countdown to the World Cup clock on their logo, which suggests that uh, GWN TV are going to cover the World Cup well, in the Kimberley now, region. A, now, is that Channel 7 affiliate? Uh, as I understand it, it's a Channel 7 affiliate, if that's the right term right. in this day and age. Well, that's promising. And it's promising. And, of course, they will have done some scheduling issues. Yes. So yeah. as the matches may be played, say, from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock. Yes. You know, can, you know, I think they have that terrific little show today. No, they haven't got today. They've got Sunrise. Sunrise, So yeah. Sunrise could be given over to the uh, Women's yeah. World Cup. Sure. And then Koshy... But, but Seven have a number of platforms. You know, they've got ah, seven, seven, one, mate. seven, two, seven, three, seven, mate. Yeah. Is it seven, mate? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's great. Uh, well, maybe Seven, mate, could take the I World think that's Cup. What, I think that's what will happen. That's what will happen. I think Seven, mate, has got sporting <clears throat> content on it already. Right. And so that'd be a tight fit. Yes. So that's good news. Yes. Good news. Mm. Now... <clears throat> Uh, on the salary cap issue, mm-hmm. which we've alluded to a couple of times yeah. today, yeah. here's a suggestion that was made sometime late last year, around about uh, the big dance time, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it concerns, um, you know, the problem, but it was suggested that if 
there was a genuine attempt at fixing it. The first action that they, <laughs> the uh, league should take is allow the NRL to access players' tax returns. I assume they could already. Well, I would imagine they could already, but it, while it Wouldn't won't the integrity catch, unit have the right to... Probe? Probe. Well, while, while it won't catch every dodgy dollar, it makes under-the-table payments an illegal act, and therefore the Australian Tax uh, Office could prosecute. Yes. So that means... Under-the-table is an illegal act. Well, it is an illegal act, but you've got to have a camera under the table to see what's going on. Yeah, that's true. But the Is tra- anyone looking under the table of rugby uh, league? Are we, are we suggesting big sums of money are passing under the table? Well, I assume there's an absolute fortune <clears throat> being passed under the table. Are these sort of in, are they like brown paper bags? HG? I think that, that's right. That, that used to be how it was back in the day. Well, as it stands, players can be <clears throat> illegally played, paid by their clubs under the cap but commit no tax foul. But there's a suggestion that the this would ring alarm bells mm. if this money, let's say it was, you know, 50s, maybe a couple of hundred 50s yes. in a brown paper bag, yes. that this would be considered by the tax department as genuine income. Right. Not some sort of bonus for, you know, say... <clears throat> yes. Uh, I don't know quite what category of tax you could declare it or avoid it with. Yeah, I don't know. No, as in, you know, uh, it's just all income, really. Yeah, it is all income. But you're not suggesting that rugby league is part of the money laundering industry that's been infecting <laughs> clubs and uh, casinos in Australia. What an interesting question. That is, that is well worth asking the Penrith uh, police people to have a look at. To have a look at, yes. Yeah, I think they'd have some... Because you often see rugby league players, you know, I don't want to tell stories out of school here, but you often see them going into casinos and playing poker machines and what have you, mm-hmm. and you think to yourself, well... Where do they get that money where from? Where do they get that money from? Yeah. And more importantly, <clears throat> they often put bets on... Mm-hmm. The roulette wheel, where yes. they put, say, 100 on black and 100 on red. Yes. So they get their money back. And then they go and go to the, it's clean. Uh, cash it out. It's clean. Put it back in their, put it in your Kick. pants pocket and then. Yeah. Walk out. Walk out. With and that money. money has been laundered. It has. It has. Is that how you do it? Yeah, it's not hard to so do. So you go in and you've got <laughs> your, your your brown paper your bag full of money, your hot yeah. money. You go in <laughs> and you say, I want some chips, please. And they say, oh. Yeah, how'd you go last weekend? Oh, not too bad. Bloody blah, blah. They give you the chips. You take your chips, half on the black, half on the red. Thank you very much. Win-win. Take, take the winnings. Hey. Like, oh, you're finished, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did, Got did lucky. I got real lucky. Oh, you did too. <laughs> lucky you. Well, good luck next weekend. Yeah, thanks. Is that how it is? I'm pretty sure. It's that polite It's that well. polite. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, well, I don't know what you do about that. I, I, You've got to somehow, as I say, film under the table to see the brown paper bag being Initially, over. yeah, that's right. Initially, that's what yeah, you've got to yeah, do. Yeah. So a lot of Now, is there anyone suggesting, has Joey Johns come out and suggested this is going on? No, but well, I have seen the uh, Penrith Police uh, with new uniform allocation where the, you know how they have a camera about chest height. Yes. That films, that's now down at crutch height. Oh. Which is, I assume, going to be filmed for under the film, table yeah, work. Yeah, under the table work, mm. because they won't suspect mm. Penrith players to be obviously have accredited police yes. rankings as well. Yeah, so right. when they come along, they'll just think, "Oh, it's interesting. Look, one of the Penrith players is here. Yeah, great." Yeah, yeah. and so they sit there with the film with right. the crutch height camera. Right. So you know. But- <clears throat> But I assume there's largesse coming in other other no, directions as well. No, that's what I mean. Well. The chickens, the I fish mean, it, it amazes me the number of 
rugby league players I see who, for example, have a garage full of new tyres. <laughs> you think, oh, that's weird. Why would you need so many tyres? Yeah, well, I don't know. It's they, they, you know. Let's well, go. I'm not suggesting it's untoward. They they may love their time. I don't know. You know, I bought. I haven't gone to a big bow for a long time no. because I've been lucky enough to have a rugby league player living around the corner. Is that right? Yeah, <clears throat> uh, terrific ties, terrific deals. Really, much cheaper than bows. I don't mean to be put bow out no. of business, but you know, they okay. are. They are rugby league ties. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. can I say that this story about the coaching situation at St. George. Yes. Uh, it's taken a big, really big wriggle this week. He, one man who's been ignored mm-hmm. in the conversation has already mentioned Josh Hannay. Yeah. Described here as the laid back Cronulla assistant, who some at the club believe is the next NRL head coach in waiting. Right. Now, why would Cronulla... How long has he been the assistant to Craig I, Fitzgibbon? Did he follow Craig I from East? So. I think so. Yeah, not that long. And why would this be a beat up to get rid of him out of Cronulla. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a Cronulla They'd be going. happy with him at Cronulla. Exactly. Cronulla are going pretty well with Craig and, and Josh Hannay. Josh Hannay. He's the next one off the ranks, according to Wade Graham. Mm-hmm. The amount of respect we hold for him, it's not just here, but he's also helped Billy Slater with Queensland Origin team. He flies under the radar, but one day when the opportunity arises for him, he's going to make a wonderful head coach. He communicates well. He's a pretty relaxed guy. He understands the game. That's useful, I suppose. And current trends in the game, like when to wrestle and when not to. For selfish reasons, I'm not too dissatisfied. Other clubs haven't come chasing him yet because we love him here at the Sharks and he does one hell of a job. Now, other people mentioned Jason Riles. Has Piggy Riddell been mentioned in this? No, uh, not to my knowledge. I'm mentioning him now. Right. Uh, Dean Young. Has Piggy been approached? No, no, I'm a I've just mentioned that and hope that the uh, people could approach Pig. What about Uh, Dean Young? Dean Young mentioned. Dragon Stars and Ben Hornby, of course. Ben Hornby would make a great coach. Yes. Uh, their assistants to North Queensland and South, respectively. Right. So D- uh, Dean Young's up with North Queensland and, uh, you know, Hornby's with South. Right. Anthony Griffin, long odds to remain in charge. Hannay has already been thrust into the caretaker role at North Queensland and Cronulla. Mm-hmm. Still has another year on his contract. Now, this is really interesting, this bit. This is the bit I want to get to. Mm-hmm. It remains to be seen what the future holds for Hannay as, as well as off-contract Graham who's happy to entertain a move to Super League, retirement in Canada, where his wife is, that's where his missus is from, and maybe pursue a media career. Now, what I understood was the Timberwolves were part of the English-Canadian hookup in Super League. But this seems to suggest there's a whole Super League competition in Canada as well. In Canada as well. And would have to... They've kept that quiet. They have. And I'm just wondering if uh, through the podcast... We could get some information about Canadian Rugby League, yes. which is not connected with the Timberwolves. Yes. So this makes sounds as though uh, Vancouver. Well, but couldn't we approach Sonny Bill? Didn't Sonny Bill play for the Timberwolves? Yeah, but he'd, that... no, he'd be full bottle on Canadian Rugby League. You mean like a, on, there might be state v state? Well, there might well be Saskatoon v British Columbia. Yes, yes, be a tri-state series. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is just that it's very good news and disappointing well, it, it that we is don't great know, news. Disappointing that we don't know anything about it. Yes. So Wade Graham is going is going to play for some team we don't know of in Canada. Yeah. The Canadian Super League. Yeah. Which could easily be owned by Murdoch for all we know. Good grief. 
The Gypsy Doodler of the Year is the most exciting rugby league contest in the world. Vote for the Doodler in three categories throughout the season. Follow your selections with weekly updates on Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, Roy, some information coming in about Canadian rugby Well, there league. appear to be a number of teams. There's the Toronto City Saints. There's They're the Ravens. The Ontario has a team. Columbia has a team. And do you assume that, I mean, there's I a lot I assume of, they're first class. Yeah, there's a lot of travel involved here, isn't well, there? There would be. And uh, we're It's not, a big country. It is a very big country. And we, can I just make the bleeding obvious point? We're not talking rugby here, are we? No, we're talking rugby, we're league. Talking rugby league. And we're talking a semi-professional game? We're totally professional, is my understanding. I and mean, if Wade Graham's, Wade Graham's not going to go there as a semi-professional, <laughs> is he? Can I ask... What what would take it to get a, a match going there with, say, some Australian teams just to show, well, to buy hands across the water sort of thing, mm. people interested in rugby league? Yes. These are the stars of Australia, you know I mean? Well, why isn't there some sort of club challenge? Is that what you mean? I suppose that'll a do. Club challenge. C- club challenge, yeah. yes. Yes. I, I mean, we played the club challenge against an English team. Yeah, we lost what, that this year. We lost that this year. We did. Penrith yeah. went down to yeah. St Helens, I think. I know, it was. Then. Very good match. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with one of the Hoppawatis, I think, firing for St Helens. Indeed. Well, the other one in, in Stir yeah. looked on through looked the window. Loved it. Yeah, loved it. Now. Well, I don't know, but. Well, That's maybe, a mission we, for the week, really. Isn't well, it? maybe someone could talk to Wade Graham to see what the expectations are and what sort of under the table work there is available. E- available to your Canadian rugby league players. They may never have thought of it. Oh, they'd have thought of it, oh, I okay. think, actually. <laughs> Are there any casinos in yes, Canada? They'd have to. There be. are. Uh, mm, I, I've got to get the, I've, America, of course. There, oh, well, mainly on First Nations land. They but are. I'm not sure what happens in in. Uh, Nor do uh, I. Nor I do think I. there are a lot of First Nations. But you'd casinos. have to imagine there'd be the one or two poker machines. There would be and crap tables, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So you could bet both rules and, roulette. Yeah, they 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 know you know they'd how know. to change things into chips. Yeah. Well, then, Wade could certainly. Teach him a Bring thing him up to speed. <laughs> this is the way it's done. <laughs> That's right. Look, uh, another excellent show, Roy. I'm still bothered by the Spurs. I just hope we can get some sort of Australian content into the yes into yes. the uh, card. You know, like I mean, I, I mean. Well, I'm hoping that there'll be an announcement this week. I mean, I know the, on the rugby league have all gone out that uh, Peter Vlanders will be representing Australia at the coronation. Mm. That's all we can hope for. And remember, of course, when he goes there, he's able to reorganise the cavalcade, so he's up front. That's what is his great contribution. Well, you'd imagine he'd be, if not in the front row, very close to the front row. Yeah, there'd only be family in front of him. Because he had a very special and close, sympathetic, understanding relationship with Her Majesty the Queen. And she loved rugby league. She loved her racing and and she loved her rugby uh, league. Indeed, indeed. And the Australian take on both those things. Yes, Oh, yes. So much to think about, though, and the Canadian Rugby League. I mean, we've got our work cut out, haven't we, this we week? We have. Uh, well, look, that's it for Bludging on the Blind Side for another week. Remember, the podcast will be available not long after we stop, and uh, there'll be more of the same bludging this time next week. Enjoy the week. Bye. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. 
Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.